Welcome to episode 50. Yes, it's been 50 episodes. Welcome to episode 50 of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. And the name of this episode is There is an AI for that. And the subtitle is Building Brand for Organizations and How ChatGPT3 Can Help. So the target group, you know, I always talk about target groups. So the target group for this episode is only organizational communicators. So if you are an individual researcher, then this episode is not for you. If you still want to tag along, then you're very welcome. But the focus of this episode is for organizational communicators because I'm going to talk about how to build brand for your organization and how AI can actually help on that. And of course, I will also touch upon ChatGPT3. It is a keynote that I gave uh, at the network meeting of the communications network here at Antenu. So here at the Norwegian University for Science and Technology in Trondheim. And I hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you learn something and I hope that it obviously provides value to you. So episode 50, let's go. First and foremost, he is a researcher in energy transition, but uh, he is also very active in uh, science communication. Uh, he runs three uh, po different podcasts. He is an octopus in uh, social media, I have noticed, and he also uses uh, ChatGPT uh, actively. So now he will uh, demonstrate how to, to use this uh, technology to help you in uh, communicating science and other subjects here at uh, NTNU. So, Julius, uh, the camera and the microphone is yours. Thank you, Jan. Thanks for, thanks for having me today. Okay, so I'll try to, to be precise in some ideas of how uh, I, I think ChatGPT 3 and other AIs can be very much used in, uh, in science communication. I got a PhD. I worked in uh, academia for 15 years now. Um, and I always have this feeling that very often researchers go for the next project, go for the next paper, whatever it is, and it's hardly ever about science communication or like making impact of the science that we actually create. That's why it's really cool to see people like Inga here today who are really enthusiastic about the, their research and actually going out there. And um, that also motivates me to come to talk about how to do science communication. And I think that with social media and all the digital opportunities that we have around, there is so many things that we can do. And I feel that there's not a lot of teaching around it or educational content. And that's why I started the Science Communication Accelerator podcast that Jan also just talked about. So today it's about there's an AI for that, um, <laughs> giving you some ideas. And I'm not saying it's all of the ideas, but I just with the goal of this presentation is to show you how we can actually use AI in content creation, because I think that content creation is what we are there for when we work in communications at a large knowledge institution as NTNU is one. Jan already just mentioned it. I run three podcasts. One of them is the Antino Energy Transition Podcast. We've got 13,000 streams now. Um, and I know that also Nancy's uh, listening here. She does another podcast, which I think makes super sense, that actually Antino is creating real channels of how to educate and make knowledge available. And you might hear sometimes that I will be not so happy that it's just about the next uh, press release because I think we're not living in the area of press releases anymore. Press releases was something that we did 10 years ago. Actually, now we have to think way more about our target groups, how they consume content, and then how we can we help them overcome the challenges um, that they are being faced today, because then we'll be relevant and I'll talk about that as well. So you are all in this network and what we as communicators, when we work for research organizations or when we work at universities, what we actually have to do with that, mostly our task is to build 
brand for the organization we work in. But building brand does not mean to say, look how cool I am, look how cool we are, we have this meeting there, we have this project there, me, 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 I, I, I. No one cares about me, Julius, no one cares about Jan, no one cares about Inga, even though it was a great presentation, and no one cares about Ensenu. They only care about us if we give them a reason to care, if we give them something that they can use, that they can use to overcome their challenges. So actually, when we want to build brand for an organization or for a person, it's not about us. It's about what we give them. And the more we give, the more attention we'll get, the more brand we'll build. But for that, it's super key. And this is something that's probably been talked about in the communication network again and again and again. And I just want to reiterate, it's super important that we know who our target group is because this, this, this public out there, it doesn't, it, this general public doesn't exist. We have to really realize that whatever we do, it should cater to one specific target group. And that could be the gentleman who's running outside and wants to learn about how to do, how, how, you know, talk about better, learn about a better diet. Or it's about the mother who wants to learn or has troubles with becoming pregnant or uh, with uh, nursing their child, children. Or it could be someone that, I don't know, has a company that creates feed for salmon, you know? So it's like, what are the challenges that they are having and how can we create content that they are appreciating, that they're learning? Because in the end, it's all about providing value. So who are our target groups? What are they needing? And then we have a look, where is their attention? How do they consume content? Because it's all about attention. If you want to sell sneakers, you need the attention of the people who want to buy sneakers. If you want to change a law, you need the attention of the people who are able to change a law, so policymakers. If you want to be a well-booked speaker, well, you got to figure out who are these people and what are they doing that can maybe book you for being a speaker. And also, if you want to make sure that your research as you do as a university or as, a, as an organization, research organization, that your research has impact, then you have to figure out who are the ones that could actually benefit of it. Yeah? So these are the key things. So it's like, who are your target group? What, is the, what are they craving? So how can you provide them something? And then where's their attention? Is it young people? Go on TikTok. Okay, TikTok has many issues, but you know, if it's older people, go to Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is. And then in these networks, you still have different types of people, how old they are, what they like, everything. But you have to figure out how can you provide them value. And then I just mentioned already, this general public that everyone talks about does not exist. I feel in any research report that I or a research proposal that I read and that is being given to me, it's always like, we want to reach out to the general public. Yeah, that doesn't exist. This does not exist. So please be aware, whom do you want to communicate? So until now, and to this day, and also in the future, there's four ways of how you can create content for the target groups that you're looking at. So that's text. So you can, you know, you can make blogs, you can write research papers, you can even make a, a press release. Um, that's text. Then you can do audio. Uh, that's podcasts, that's radio shows, that's whatever. Then you can make graphics and photos, and you can make videos. And now when we think about AI, we're just starting on the left side. We're just starting with text. ChatGPT3, and I think Inga did a really great job on Elaborator, and it's a language model. So it's like it starts right now with text, but eventually it will probably take over most of the other things. If it's really authentic, I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure no one of us really knows where this AI journey will lead us to. And Inga also talked about, so I don't have to reiterate that. But 
we're just starting right now with ChatGPT3 on the left side, and that's text. It's a text-based model. So we have ChatGPT3. So what is ChatGPT3? And I'm sure most of you have opened it already and used it, but for the ones who haven't done it, this is how ChatGPT3 looks like. So you ask a question down there, and you get an answer. And this model is very, very powerful. And what it can do is, for example, you write and say, hey, I want to start a new podcast about, I don't know, biology on something, you know, or the energy transition or whatever. You ask, hey, give me five ideas on how I can call my podcast. And you get five ideas or 100 ideas. They're not amazing, but they give you the opportunity to think about it. Because what ChatGPT3 actually does is that it changes your role. It changes your role from being the author to being the editor. Because authoring will come from ChatGPT3 and you just have to figure out, okay, what are the ideas that I want to write about? And then you have to edit the text that ChatGPT3 gives you. And ChatGPT3 was only issued or started officially and open to the public the beginning of December. I think it was 2nd of December. And this is a tweet from Sam Altman who runs, <clears throat> or who's the CEO of OpenAI, which also Inga just mentioned. OpenAI is the company that runs ChatGPT3 and they, and here in this Treat you say that was five days uh, or four days after ChatGPT uh, was issued, and it's like ChatGPT launched on Wednesday. Today, crossed one million users. It is the website that has the, seen the fastest growth of of subscribers or users ever. It is it it grows like wildfire. But when we are using ChatGPT, we have to be really aware how we use it because it's not perfect. It's very far away from perfect. So what I do normally in my normal research life currently is that I look at duck that's called direct air capture. That means you, you suck CO2 out of the ambient air and you look uh, and then you put it underground um, to sequestrate it. So that's a measure fight climate change. Um, and this is a tweet from Jason Hochman. He runs the, the duck coalition. So that's an advocacy body. And what he did is like... Uh, uh, he looked, he said, ChatGPT3, name all known direct air capture companies. And then ChatGPT3 gave him 12 companies. And then you see in this tweet, three actual DAC companies were mentioned, three entirely made up companies were mentioned, two point sources CCS companies were mentioned, so not DAC, and four other assorted project developers, clean tech companies. So just saying, whatever ChatGPT3 gives you is not great, is not perfect. And that's why we had this very short conversation about um, who is uh, responsible for the text being put out by a press release if it comes from ChatGPT3, I would highly recommend not doing that. I would highly recommend using ChatGPT3 to write these kind of texts, but it's always us, always you, to check through them and to make sure uh, that these texts are good. So ChatGPT3 is a tool to get better or get faster, but it's, it will not, and that's the topic today is, is, will it be your next colleague? I don't think so. Um, at least what, at the level where we are right now. However, where can ChatGPT3 be really helpful? Here are six ideas. So ChatGPT3 can help you generate content ideas. For example, Nancy, you are here listening to here. When we talk about your podcast, you can ask, uh, hey, ChatGPT3, can you give me ideas for potential uh, episodes, for example? Or it can give you an idea, uh, you know, a bright, bright, uh, write blog articles. And it can even write the first version of this blog article for you. So that you can then start to work um, with, as that's number two, help you writing blog posts. Three is like it can create Twitter threads, which are really helpful. So you say, okay, like um, I want to create a Twitter thread about something that you're working with, and then it gives you that thread, and you just need to see, does it fit? Does it make sense? Is it right? And then you adjust it a bit, and then you post it. 
can make a lot of, can be very helpful. By the way, if you do that, the last tweet of your Twitter thread should always be a call to action, meaning you would say, hey, if you like this thread and if it provided value to you, please like the first tweet and repost it um, or retweet it. And like that, you actually keep your, your attention uh, in, on the social media networks going because you use the other networks of the other people to then um, proliferate your content. Number four is uh, it writes show notes for your podcast episodes, for example. So if you have a podcast, you transcribe the podcast. Then you ask ChatGPT 3 can you write the show notes for it? Easy. Um, it can also pre-write press releases or it can help by writing scripts for YouTube videos. So there's a lot of opportunities out there um, that it can be used for. And it's actually quite amazing. And I guess many of us are just figuring out where, where, where it's going and what opportunities we actually have using it. But ChatGPT 3 is only the, f like, yeah, it's just one AI. And we've heard that from Inga's, well, there's a billion AIs out there and they're being created at every day. There's new ones out there, and I'm definitely not going to cover all of them. I'm just going to cover two more of them. So, for example, if you want to transcribe, or do you want to transcribe video or audio content? Guess what? An AI for that. So, for example, if you use like Alta AI. So, that means if you, for example, have a podcast and you want to make a blog out of it, then you just put the podcast into Alta. Costs a little bit of money. Um, free version is very short, very limited. You put it into Alta, and then you have a text, and then you put that text into ChatGPT 3 to make uh, to write the show notes or to even write a blog article out of that. For example, uh, another example is, do you want to create video from plain text? Well, there's an AI for that. So for example, if you want to use Synthesia, so, so you want to make YouTube videos uh, that, and you have just a text, then you could just actually use web pages or AIs like Synthesia to have someone read that text. It's, a, it's an AI avatar who reads your text. I don't think it's very great yet and i don't think it's like very very like it we don't feel we like people so we don't really like it when talk when ais talk to us so it's not great yet but i'm just showing you this to give you the opportunity to know what what's maybe coming so 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 these are two other ais that one could think about using uh, maybe with, when it comes to content creation so you know what what you can do is you use ChatGPT to get a, get a, a script for a youtube video you lip sync it with synthesia and then you share it on youtube or you can create a podcast. You can use Auto AI to transcribe that episode. You use ChatGPT 3 to summarize it and write your show notes in your blog, and then you post it on your blog. Easy. So this is becoming really, really fast. Um, but when we think about on the grand scale, and that, that brings me kind of already to the end of this presentation, is that when we think about AI and using AI, we realize that actually ideas become more important. So it's not the making anymore. It's like not the writing the text anymore when we think about content. Because what's very important, I didn't mention that before, is like the more content we create, the more opportunity we give our target groups to find us. If you write one post, or whatever it is, and if you write a thousand posts, well, it's very likely that with a thousand posts, we get more visibility, we get more exposure, we get more opportunities for other people to follow us and to find us. So we have to, what I think, if you want to be successful in building brand and providing value and then building brand for your organization or for yourself is you have to create content scale. And AI helps you um, when you have the ideas and you just tell AI to write, to maybe, you know, do the podcast thing or uh, write a blog or write a first version of a, of a, of a blog article. Um, so the content creation itself becomes commoditized. The ideas is what counts even more, but this is not a new idea. This, is, this has been the same thing forever. It's like when we talk about tractors, when we talk about computers, it was always the creativity that lasted and everything else started being commoditized. So in the long run, 
what I would think is that we'll have content everywhere, more content, more content, more content. If we continue creating not so much content, we will lose visibility in the content um, universe, if you want to say it like that. But in the end, making still counts because yes, everyone is able to use AI for creating content. Doesn't mean that everyone does that. So I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be positive and see this as an opportunity to create more value to your target groups. And the thing is that a lot of people out there can use AI, but they're not using AI, AI and will not use it in the near future. So if you use it wisely, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of upside right now. And I'm not talking about the long-term, maybe negative effects of AI. I'm just talking about AI being used right now. And the good thing is that good content, if you create good content, it will always be successful. Fat always goes to the top. <laughs> you know, fatty calories always go to the top. So if you create the best content, you will always gain your visibility. You will always gain your brand. So how will we use ChatGPT3, how will we use AI? I think there's three different types of groups. And this is one of the uh, tweets that I put out about it. I think there will be three types of groups. First one is the ones who don't use it and they will lose attention when it comes to content creation and visibility on social media. The second group is the people who use it uncritically. They will make fools of themselves. For example, ChatGPT3, write me a blog post about whatever and you just copy this and you post it. You will make a fool of yourself because there's information there that will not be correct. But the third group, I think, the one that use it critically, like they use it and they use it critically, they will gain visibility. And I hope that a lot of people at Entenu and you people are in that third bucket um, because then we get a lot of opportunity to actually create content that creates value to our target groups and that build, builds brand for your departments, for your faculties, but also to Entenu as a whole. And that's it for me today. Uh, thanks for listening to me today. It was a pleasure joining. Um, yeah, hit me up if you have any questions on, on, on social media. I'm very active on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And if you don't, that's fine too. And I'll give it now back to Jan. Uh, thanks for having me and inviting me. Thank you very much, uh, Julius. Hey, folks. That's it for this episode of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. I hope it provided value to you. If it did, then I would highly appreciate if you would subscribe to the podcast and maybe tell a colleague or a friend about it. That would be great. Hope have you back in two weeks and all the best until then. Take care. Bye-bye.